0: The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Cornell the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Kelly And we're gonna talk about arson. Mm-hmm. Angry arson. Cause I imagine people who do arson just are just angry. Yeah. I Or love fire. But I feel like, I don't know, I just really associate fire with like Anger and that angry people, whether they're happy or not, like fire. I don't know. That's just my mind and what it associates with. But Yeah. No, that's fair. Maybe they're just really feisty and like to
1: destroy other people's property and lives. But... I mean, there's a character in The Stand... Uh, by Stephen King there's a new show on um, yeah, that came out yeah oh it's my gosh uh, CBS I want to say I think it's CBS yeah. CBS all access it came out on their streaming platform and there's a character in there who is just obsessed with fire he's not angry he's just kind of not all together there and he just loves to look at fires and make fires and touch fires and just be a part of fires so that one's a another take
0: maybe I should have looked into the
1: psychology of arsonist yeah I mean maybe that's why I get the whole maybe they're not angry thing is literally just because I watched that show recently I mean that's
0: fair I um I was playing the game the medium and I don't know if you played it yet Mm -mm, not yet there's some arson that guy was angry so (laughs)
1: okay yeah so we're both we're both just like oh this is what arsonists are like he was like I'm gonna murder these people
0: I'm angry arson Mm -hmm. like was kind of with that yeah Um, he's pretty straightforward (laughs) I am really enjoying that game so far by the way if any of you haven't checked out the game the medium it's just a very like interactive storytelling you know Mm -hmm. you just like play through a story I can't really say it has like a lot of like you don't like fight things or anything like that. Like, it's, like, little puzzle solving to get from room to room, and sometimes there's a skin demon that you have to hide from. Oh, that's
1: fun. Yeah. So is it, like, amnesia in that sense, where you have to just hide? No, no, no. It's more like, uh, think,
0: like, Hitman without the guns you stealth through. And you do have some, like, power, but... I'm not gonna lie I feel like I'm almost done with this game
1: and you don't use it that often so <laughs> okay I also saw this other creepy game sorry we keep getting sidetracked but I have we to like say, creepy games <laughs> Look, we're talking about creepy games I have to talk about it so my friend sent me this one you have to like go explore this hotel and figure out the secrets that lie inside of it but literally the whole time you're being stalked by a serial killer and the way that he appears is just like he pops around a corner and he's just like you know smiling at you like hey what's going on what you doing You know, and then you have to, like, look through keyholes Uh, to, like, find stuff. And uh, you have to lure him over to specific places so that you can get to another one. He's there the whole time. And you have to simultaneously figure out the secrets of the hotel. (laughs) So um, what inspired
0: me to pick Arson this time around was... Well, I played the medium, and there was a guy who committed arson, and I just thought maybe that could be an interesting topic. Nothing super uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) thought-provoking. You're just like,
1: this is it.
0: I'm like, this is it. People, I was like, I bet there's a lot of weird crimes related to arson. Yeah. So mine is kind of long. Okay, good, because mine's kind of short. Okay, so if you wanted to do what we did last time, even though I picked the topic, if you want to go first. Uh, Sure. People probably already know this one, too. I don't
1: know if you've heard of it.
0: People probably know mine as well, but it's a much longer story, and it's, yeah, we'll get to it. So if you know it, sorry. I guess move on to a different (laughs) channel or episode, or just listen again, because we're nice, and we like you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to talk about John Orr. Do you know anything about him? Uh, I saw him in my research, but I didn't super look into him. Okay. Um, Well, he was born and raised in Los Angeles. And as a child, he's just fascinated by fires and firefighters. Um, He saw a house set ablaze in his neighborhood when he was young. So he was just like, wow, fire. Also, people who fight it. So cool, you know? So that's just how he grows up. As an adult, he joins the Air Force and their firefighter school. But unfortunately, it wasn't what he was really looking for. And on top of that, while he's in the military, he's just decided, fuck authority. I guess, yeah, I guess he found (laughs)
0: out that not many fires happen in the military. I, you know,
1: honestly, what it sounds like is is he wanted to be really a part of the fire and they're just like, no fire. No fire. No, no fire. The whole no point fire. of this is we don't want fire. So we're just gonna... We prevent it. Yeah. yeah. We prevent the fire. And he's just like, that makes no sense to me. The, mili- <laughs> the military is <laughs> like, I signed up for fire. Where's fire? What Where is it? it? Where is it? I need it. That...
0: <laughs> but then when the military does set a fire,
1: it's because they did it on purpose and they don't want us to put it out. Yeah. On top of not getting his fire... He's just decided that he doesn't like authority. He doesn't like being bossed around. Um, He's just this cocky know-it-all. Every superior he's ever had, they do not end up on good terms because he's just like, Fuck you. I know more than you and we should be starting fires. You know, like, he just wasn't a good fit in any way, shape, or form. So he realized that instead of wanting to be a firefighter, he now just wants to be a person in power um, instead of somebody who takes orders and a fireman did not offer that kind of authority that he was looking for. He couldn't, couldn't, he couldn't be the boss of the fire, so he's not interested. John Orr felt like he was better suited to be a police officer and applies to the LA, uh, LAPD. Um, the physical and written tests were fine. But he fails the psychological exam and is deemed unsuitable. A great <laughs> sign. I like how he goes from "I hate authority." I'm just going to become the authority. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be bossed around. I want to boss around. Yeah. So God, I'm glad he didn't become a police officer. Full overtime. Yeah, would have been a fucking nightmare. Can well, you imagine? Thank goodness that they had the fucking Psych-
0: psychological
1: exam where they're just like. Maybe not. Maybe you're Maybe this isn't your line of
0: work. Maybe you're too textbook of a narcissist. Maybe
1: saying, I want fire and I hate authority, isn't the best (laughs) look for you. Um, (laughs) So he attempts to reapply but has to wait a couple of years um, since the evaluation said he needs to get more mature before he can try again. He has to get more mature? He has to like, his brain needs to become less childlike in the sense of... So he needed to become 27? I want to be that ass, you
0: know. All I know is that your brain is done developing at 27. I guess I think that he's
1: just going to grow out of it. How old was he? I don't know at this point. It doesn't really say.
0: Uh, uh, I mean, we'll assume he went from the military. He went to the military at 18, didn't like it, probably went to them at 20.
1: Yeah. Something like that. We'll assume he was early 20s. I think it's a safe bet. Um, So then he starts this whole love-hate thing with the police where he's just like, I hate that you won't accept me, but I want to be so bad. But like, I hate you because you won't but accept me. I hate me. you, but you won't accept me. <laughs> so he's, he's just like, fuck you, I love you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Exactly. I hate you. Go to me. Um, <laughs> now that he's been rejected, he just decides he's going to revert to his experience in the military, and he applies to the L.A. Fire Department, and he's accepted. All he needs to do now is pra- pass the pre entrance test before he can enroll in the fire academy. Well, now we know
0: that uh, you don't have to take a psych test to be a firefighter. No, they're just like
1: <laughs> throw or you know put it out. We don't care.
0: <laughs> like but they're just like you know
1: what? Sure, I guess you're very you're very clearly passionate about the subject. Well, okay, but here's the thing. So he had to take the pre entrance uh, test, but he's so arrogant and just. Because of his arrogance, he's ill-prepared for all aspects of the test. It had been years since he was in the Air Force, so he was incredibly out of shape. Um, he failed the physical exam and then tried to blame it on blisters that he sustained while playing racquetball, because racquetball is really intense. You know the blisters that you get from that are really hard, so I can't run well. I got cause, blisters. Because I got blisters for racquetball. <laughs> um, he also performed poorly on the written, written test, because while other recruits are studying and quizzing each other, or just like, <laughs> I'm I have more experience than you guys. Like I got this. I don't need to study. I I already know everything I need to know about fires and how to not be the boss of them. Narcissism is a disease. <laughs> it like, really is. When are we going to treat that? Especially when you're, <laughs> especially when it's like a job where you're potentially saving people's lives. You know, so his dreams of being either a cop or a firefighter were just, like, going downhill real fast. Um, and now he has two daughters to support, and in desperation, he applies to the Glendale Fire Department. So he didn't get into the L.A. Fire Department. Oh my God, he's been he a didn't children. get into the L.A.P.D., and now he's just like, fine, I'll go to the corner store fire department, <laughs> which I don't mean to say in an the way. The corner store fire department! <laughs> I just I just seen the local. <laughs> you know, that's like that's like I, being part of the
0: neighborhood watch. I didn't get into the LAPD. I'm just going to join the neighborhood watch. Exactly,
1: exactly <laughs> like that. So, they hire him, um, and they're near the bottom of the pay scale of the 55 fire agencies in Los Angeles. But he gets the job, so he's happy. He's like, yeah, I did it. He eventually passes all evaluations, Who to thunk, um, and he graduates oh. from the fire academy. Maybe he actually studied this time instead yeah. of being like, I know fire. He's like, maybe, I don't know as much as I thought I did. Um, it's So me. now he's officially a fireman, but... I don't think we like this for him. No. I don't think we
0: appreciate... We won't later. <laughs> I don't think I'm on board for this journey for
1: John. Yeah, okay, so... Now, he's a firefighter, but he's still not fulfilled enough. There's not enough fires. (laughs) (laughs) He's really unhappy about the whole situation. So, he decides um, to make himself feel more fulfilled. He's got to be a security guard at Sears. Because
0: he has to be more of an authority figure. Yeah.
1: And nothing says authority like, like a a
0: security guard. guard at Sears. <laughs> Sears of all places. Do people yeah. shop there still? Is that is that store still exist? I don't know if it. I think so. I think it's because they probably. I think that company owns a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, they they do a lot, and I think that's the only reason why that store is still in business. Definitely not for the clothes.
1: So he was hyper vigilant about his job. He would carry guns. He grew a mustache to look more like a cop. Because that's what cops do. Maybe they that's why. He, maybe that's why he let
0: himself go. He was like, they didn't like me because I was too fit to be a cop. Yeah. So I really gotta let this tummy like do its thing.
1: Grow, grow a belly. Grow a mustache. Get some donuts. Get some guns in the Sears, so people will really know. Yeah, I boss. got
0: I got my gun on my right hip <laughs> and my donut on the left. <laughs>
1: I am ready. We are fucking set. Um, So most shoplifters just didn't fucking care about his authority whatsoever. They Yeah, he's, like, like, he's yeah. like the mall cop. He's <laughs> like, your mustache doesn't mean shit. <laughs> he's
0: that Blart. He's Paul Blart. Paul Blart mall cop. Yeah, that guy. Paul I never Blart. saw yeah. that, but
1: boy. It's, Yeah.
0: I didn't need yeah. to,
1: I feel like. <laughs> you. I think you probably have a good idea of what it is. Um, so they would just completely disregard him or just didn't care about him. And because of that, it caused physical altercations. He was angered about the lack of respect he was shown. This whole time, he has his fire department job, his Sears job, but he needs something with more authority. What level of authority is this man looking for? Like... He really wants to be the boss so bad. He just, like, walk up to the police station and be like, I have any openings for police chief? Or decides to use his GI Bill and go back to school to gain more knowledge for one of his new professions. Mm-hmm. So he takes criminal justice and fire science classes, which I didn't even know that was a thing. Fire science? That's that, cool. I, what more...
0: Is it like here are items and the temperatures of which they burn? This is how fire spreads. I have no
1: idea. These are things to prevent fire. Like what? Well, I think the only way to figure this out is to go back to school and take fire science classes. That's that's. The I only don't reason. see myself the only doing solution that. Solution that. I don't. I don't see it.
0: myself doing that. <laughs> so if you want to, just give me the Cliff Notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll right. be fine. I'll Google fire science. I went. I go
1: to the University of Google, and I'm gonna look that up later. <laughs> So he also, while he's in school, taking his criminal justice and fire science classes, he's like, I also enjoy writing now. I'm a writer.
0: Oh, I thought you meant writing like horses. No, like writing
1: a book. He's artistic now. <laughs> he's artistic. So he kept <laughs> oh, his, He kept his job while, uh, at the Glendale Fire Department while he's taking his classes. And he takes it upon himself to rewrite Fire Patrol Procedure Manual. Procedure Manual. Why is that so hard to say? Fire patrol procedural.
0: Yeah, that's yes, a tongue twister. I don't know why, oh, man. That's really hard we to should, say. We should use that as a tongue twister before yeah. we go live. <laughs> Fire patrol procedure
1: manual. Procedure. It,
0: it's, it's the word procedural from procedure. Well, it's procedure. Pro. Pre- I thought it was procedure. Okay, procedure. I have actually always struggled <laughs> with the word procedure. I'm struggling with it the most in my entire life right now. Fire patrol uh, procedure manual. Fire patrol procedure
1: manual. Procedure. Procedure. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> do it. It's so hard. Procedure. Look, you might be laughing at us right now, but just try it. It's do fire it. patrol procedure manual.
0: And if you can say it five times fast, perfectly enunciated it, I I. Email the sound clip to me because I don't believe you. Yeah, and um, we'll send you a cookie <laughs> or post. Or, no, or like post the sound clip to Twitter. So just, just, find a way to get the sound file to me because I don't believe you. No, you might have edited the
1: sound file. Mm. I need a video. He rewrites this manual, um, which just alienates him from his coworkers, who didn't want their response. Uh, their responsibility is just, you know, thrown off track because there's this procedure manual that's in place that they've been following, and he's like, nah, I'm just gonna rewrite it. We do things differently around here. I'm the boss now. I'm the boss of this book because I'm the best writer here. That makes me your boss. So he rewrites the book and then in the nineteen eighties, the Glendale Fire Department announces that they're going to hire a full time arson investigator. Or obviously wants job so badly. Not many others did because it resembled police work and they wanted to be firefighters, not policemen. But it was the perfect fit for John because he's just, like, everything bundled together. Here it is. Yeah. Um, and in a short time, he becomes a, rather accomplished in his new investigative role. And he's needed because all of a sudden, there's just a dramatic increase in brush fires and arsons around Glendale. Where did they come from? Oh, no. He gets this brand new job and all of a sudden, he has so much to do. Oof. What? Oh, no. Yeah. So... We don't know exactly when he started setting fires. Um, Oh, no. Yeah. But law enforcement believes that the number and intensity of the arsons grew as he started gaining prestige within the department for for his investigative abilities. So he would start a fire, then investigate it, and find the source of the fire. And then they'd be like, good job, you did it. And he's just like, I'm going to do it again. And so he keeps setting brush fires in California, which is so fucked. Like probably easy to start a brush fire. It's super easy, which is why he was doing it, and it's so messed up. But he's just like, I'm getting prestige, yay me, I'm just gonna keep doing it. There's nothing wrong with it. So
0: he's doing it not due to his obsession of fire, but for the praise of setting out the
1: fire. He also enjoyed causing the fire. He likes both. He likes both. He's just like, I can get everything that I want. I feel
0: like this man has been struggling for years to not be an arsonist. And he was like, how do I get near fire legally? How And do then I, Yeah. it just was never enough. And he's like, you know what? They don't need to know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, how do I both be involved with fire and be the boss of fire? I start the fire. There it is found the fucking solution. He did start the fire. And he was the boss of finding out where it came from. So it's the perfect job for him. And the world, I guess, hasn't always been burning since yeah. the
0: world's been turning.
1: So initially he sticks to brush fires. Um, which just increased in the late 70s after he officially became a fireman. So he's been doing it since before he was an arson investigator. And then in California, the majority of brush fires are intentionally set. Um, Arsonists can ignite one of these fires from their car by throwing an incendiary device out of the window and then quickly speeding away before anyone sees them. Uh, The state's climate makes the land prone to devastating wildfires, like we were just talking about, showing how imperative it was for fire departments to have their own investigators. So that's the whole reason it was so important to have this position at the Glendale Fire Department to begin with, was because people in the area were already doing this as like a fun hey-hey, including the fucking firemen. Oh my god. And now they're just like, okay, well, this has to stop. We have to figure this out. We have to have a fire cop. Um, a <laughs> fi- fire cop. <laughs> Which, can you imagine the kind of uniform as a fire cop? Because I think it would be pretty cool. Um, anyway... Just like a red, just like red pop flames suit. on it. <laughs>
0: like, remember those printed, giant printed shirts when we were kids? That like the Guy Fieri that shirts boys wore. Yeah, yeah, the Guy Fieri shirts that have the yeah. flames, but they're like button down, short sleeve, but really loose and kind of silky.
1: Yeah, they always looked kind of soft. They
0: did look very. soft. I'm not
1: gonna lie. That's how they got people to wear them. They're like, I know we look ridiculous, but. <laughs> I just remember
0: so many boys in my fourth grade class with those shirts.
1: Oh, god, remember yeah, god. i I
0: remember at the time thinking it's a bold choice.
1: <laughs> those ones and the um oh fuck, what's the name of those? Uh they look like tattoos. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy shirts. Ed Hardy. Yeah. God. But like the knockoff Ed Hardy shirts. Oh yeah. Those no, are I everywhere.
0: I unfortunately had some questionable wardrobe choices involving Ed Hardy. I think we all did oh, at man. one point or another. <laughs> at one point in middle school, I don't know why I thought I did. This. this is very short, I promise. But I had this Ed Hardy like enormous fucking purse bag because that was a trend for a while for god where you are
1: just in case you had to keep your fucking baby in your purse (laughs) just in case you like throw your cat in your purse (laughs) and take it somewhere i guess
0: um i had this giant jean it was jeans it's made out of jean
1: material oh no all of this is terrible so far (laughs) with a tiger of course yes and um like signature and like a Skull with like a
0: dagger with like flames. Yes, and it had like the heart that said Ed Hardy, and it was like legitimately like an Ed Hardy bag. So it was way too expensive. Mm-hmm. And I used that as my book bag because it was so big I could. You could just throw all your <laughs>
1: textbooks in there.
0: Yeah, but I probably ended up with shoulder issues because it was a fucking heavy on my yeah.
1: shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot I had that until we <laughs> until we started talking shit about it. <laughs> Oh, um, damn it. Oh, God. Back in the days where I was like, Kat Von D is cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. To be young. Um, okay. So brush fires were really easy to set for ore. Uh, he would rig a disposable lighter to where the flame stays lit, and then he would toss that into some brush. Why? Um, and, uh, he, I guess because he didn't want to burn someone's house
0: down. He was like, it's a bush.
1: Yeah. Uh, so sometimes he would secure matches to a lit cigarette, and then attach a quarter on top of it for weight, allowing him to make the throw for from a greater distance. Then he would drive off and just watch. He enjoyed the companionship of the flames and got an adrenaline rush from the pandemonium created in the aftermath. So he would just drive away far enough and just watch this shit go up in flames and then watch the firemen, probably from his fucking department, come in and, like, try to get this shit under control. Oh, my gosh. So he'd just watch it. He wasn't yeah. part of it. He would he would just watch and then he would take pictures and film it and then Aye. and then he would become aroused and masturbate to the fire to the what? fire to them putting it out to the fire or the fight the both he likes the struggle the passion he likes all of it and he would have videos and pictures of it too people for, jerk off for later
0: <laughs> you know I don't know why it's surprising to me that someone would jerk off to fire an arson. But then I like think, and I'm just like, no, people jerk off to anything, I swear. It's like everything's a <laughs> fetish somehow. It's really weird. Somehow, sure, some way. I bet someone out there is like, you know what? Ladders really get me going. What's that
1: rule? 34. 34. He just had to have these tangible reminders so that he could relive his crimes whenever he wanted. It's just And jerk like, off to them. Exactly. Right. Really. It's kind of like the serial killers keeping their, um, what are they called? Uh, not mementos, but tokens or tokens. Trophies. trophies. Trophies and tokens, yeah. Yeah, so he would just little trophies relive that. Okay. Now this is where it gets... A little bit trickier. So, Olds Home Center was an 18,000 squ- uh, square foot building located in a strip mall in South Pasadena. October 10th, 1984, at around 7:30 p.m., a major fire breaks out at the store. Billy Deal, his wife Ada, and their two-year-old grandson Matthew Trudol have arrived moments before the fire began. The husband and wife decided to split up to make the shopping trip a quick one. Uh, Matthew follows his grandmother. And then when the fire broke out, Billy was able to escape, but Ada and Matthew were trapped inside and they didn't make it out in time.
0: Oh my God. It's <laughs> the first time he burned down a building?
1: Yeah. Um, the grandparents had promised young Matthew a trip to get ice cream after their short visit to the hardware okay, store. Okay, I don't need to know those details. That's I'm just sorry. sad because he's dead now. I'm sorry. Also, store employees Carolyn Krauss and Jimmy Satina also perished in the fire. Oh. Um, Krause was, was a 26-year-old mother of two, and she had just been visited by her family members who were trying to get keys to put the kids to bed. You're just trying to make me sad. I'm sorry. It just, this, I I want you to feel this is important, because it's important. Um, I can't believe he did all that just to jerk off. Yeah, and then Satina was a 17-year-old high school senior. Um, of course. Yeah. So how many people died? So we have four people dead. So hardware. Billy
0: Deal's wife Ada. Everyone but Billy sounds
1: like they died. Billy. Well, Billy was able to escape. Ada, the wife, and their two-year-old grandson Matthew hmm. um, got trapped inside and didn't make it out in time. <gasps> yeah. Then the store employees Carolyn Kraus and Jimmy Satina um, also died. So that's four. Oh my gosh. Um, And here's some pictures. God, that's huge. Yeah, 18,000 foot fucking store. So firemen showed up uh, within minutes. John Orme filmed their arrival on scene from his vehicle. He just thought it was like his favorite thing that he'd found because it had actually caused horrible, horrible, horrible damage. So he was excited that it killed people? That's what it sounds like. He, I think it. I mean, it's just like one of those things that grows and grows and grows. Right, but to the point where, I mean, God, okay, yeah. Continue. Yeah, um, and so his like little technique too was to divert um attention away from one fire. He would just start other ones so that the firemen. Had to be all over the place, which I mean, it should be noted that the firemen knew that there was an arsonist, that it wasn't just like yeah.
0: Oh, this is crazy. I mean, it's their job to figure out what started the fire. Yeah, so
1: you know, most fires. And Orr's start in the, the, the one kitchen. figuring it out, he's like, "Here's the source of the fire. Wow, can you believe I found it?" And it's just ah, oh, God. All right, um, him this very it. specific cigarette and match wrapped around cloth situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. While firemen were fighting the blaze at Oles, 18,000 square foot that we just talked about, there had been a fire just miles away at Albertson's Market. Uh, The investigator at that scene had requested the assistance of one of the better arson investigators in the area, John Orr. They found the point of origin for the fire on a shelf of potato chips or explain the volatility of chips because the oils make them highly combustible which fun. i guess you learn in fire but science class. i was just about to
0: say that <laughs> like, of course he would know that he took fire science
1: <laughs> then after the albertsons investigator finished his report he heard the call uh he found it odd that or was already at the seam and he seemed to just be in the right place at the right time and, and this all wasn't time. the and this, yeah and this wasn't the first time so they're slowly catching on um the captain in charge of the scene at old saw or standing outside the store taking pictures uh he wondered if or had his equipment in his vehicle so he could help out but or just asked the captain's permission to capture images so he's not even there he's like blatantly just like i want to take pictures of the pretty fire you know instead of hey i have gear in my car that can help nope not gonna Shortly after that, there's another fire near Vaughn's Market. So there's three fires in one fucking day. And now they're populated places. Um, the next day, Arson investigators from all over Southern California gathered at Old's. They declared the cause as an electrical fire, but that bothers Orr because that wasn't the actual cause. Because he wants credit, because he is so fucking smart for pulling this off, because he's Just this fire mastermind. He's the boss of the fire. I am learning that arsonists are not very different from serial killers. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just the, ugh, yeah. So he was incensed when he, when it was determined to be an electrical fire. And he decides he's just going to tell people how upset he is. Um, And he's like, what about this? What about that? This makes it arson. This makes it arson. And it didn't matter what he said or just wasn't going to get his credit because he's just like, but this, this over here represents arson and this over here represents arson. And he like pointing out all the things that he did. And then people are just like, no, electrical fire. Which hmm. is like not great. I feel like they did that on purpose just to see what he would do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. On like, some level. we're gonna
0: specifically say you're wrong just to see how you react because you're hella sus. Yeah, like, like you're being real weird, like, no.
1: like, And it's just like this and this and this, and they're like, no, I like to go fire. Like, that's just how I can picture it at this point. So the arsons continued at an alarming rate. And in 1987 there's an arson uh, an arson investigators convention in Fresno which I didn't know that was a thing Dang. There are so many conventions we have to go
0: to, and the world opens up again. Yeah, arson I convention if they still being I mean, one this is of them. 1987. So like, oh,
1: there's got to be people.
0: You still, think so? They're just being like, obsessed with fire has been around
1: since humans well, figured out how to make it. Yeah, but I mean, this is like an arson investigators convention. So I feel oh, like maybe
0: we have to be in the industry. Yeah, maybe
1: it's like an industry run thing where they're just like, here, come here and learn. You know, like they have workshops for certain positions, and I can imagine that that would make fighting. sense. Um, so during and after the convention, guess what happens? There's several fires! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Who could have thought? Um And then after the series of fires, authorities were able to recover a fingerprint from a piece of paper used in an incendiary timing device made from a lit cigarette, three matches wrapped in yellow-ruled paper, and secured by a rubber band. Yep. Just um, like all the other fires. Yeah. Well, well, or some, like, variation of it, you know? If, this one seems kind of new because he liked to put a coin on a cigarette with a match attached to it where the match would eventually, or the cigarette would eventually reach the match. The match would go off and then it would start the fire. Wait, why is, how, what's the relevance of the coin? The coin is the weight, so he can throw it farther. Mm, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, as arsons continued in cities where these conventions were being held, authorities were able to compile a short list of people who were present at all of these, and Orr is on this fucking list, of course. Um, initially, he's cleared when the old technology couldn't come up with a conclusive match, because... 1987. Um, in 1991, Die. however, another series of fires, there's a new task force that's developed that's called the Pillow Pyro Task Force. The pillow pyro. The pillow pyro tax task force. Did they think pillows were starting? Okay, fires? so the name was in reference to the many fires set in pillow sections of stores. Pillows were often made from highly combustible materials, so he would set the pillows on fire. Um, investigators kept a tight eye on Orr. They were finally able to get a match on the fingerprint by using enhanced technology and cross-referencing with any Los Angeles County law enforcement applicant. So since he had applied to be a police officer. They were able to get that fingerprint matched, finally. With surveillance on ore, investigators were able to gather some critical evidence. He was seen buying the items made to make his timing device. Uh, The most damning thing was that he was a vehement non-smoker observed buying the same cigarettes recovered in the devices that had been used to set the.
0: He should have started the habit of smoking. Yep. He's like, I don't smoke, but I'm gonna buy cigarettes. Wait, I don't smoke But I'm obsessed with fire like that gives you an excuse to hang out with a lighter every day multiple times a day Mm -hmm, I don't know. mm -hmm. I guess
1: Haley likes the big ones the big boys Anyway, it gave the grand jury the evidence that they needed to hand out an indictment and by the end of 1991 John Orr was behind bars. Oh, yeah. Is he still alive? Uh, Or is the story not in there? Okay, well, there's, like, little fun facts that I want to tell you about. I won't go into all of this stuff because there's more that he does. While he's in custody, investigators are able to find, like, even more evidence that he's the fucking pyromaniac, one of which is a novel written by Orr that's called Points of Origin. And the story centered around a fireman named Aaron Stiles, who just happened to be a serial arsonist that got sexual thrills from his acts. Aaron Stiles? Yeah, Aaron Stiles. Amazing. Yeah, and apparently um, the name Aaron Stiles was an anagram for I Set L.A. Arson. I'm actually impressed someone figured that out. The novel is a fiction story... His manuscript included details that were very similar to all the arsons that were currently being investigated. It's a fucking dipshit, yeah. Yeah, so they're able to kind of explain this way. They're just like, okay, yeah, I mean, a firefighter would use his own experiences. But the problem for Orr is that he had sent many queries to literary agents to prove to be more crucial to investigators in his manuscript. Thorough explanation of what happened and how. And then most most damaging of all was one letter where he specifically talked about ongoing arson investigations and also previous arsons that the Pillow Pyro Task Force wasn't even aware of yet. Uh, In 1992, he's convicted three counts of arson, um, and he received a sentence of 30 years. Um, He's considered one of the worst arsonists of all time, and that is the story of John the Pillow Pyro Orr.
0: I like how you said that um, he's considered one of the worst arsonists and how my brain, I interpreted that as he was just bad at arson, not oh. that he
1: was really devastating with arson. No, he was he was bad as in, like, not a good time.
0: Okay, so uh, I don't know about you, but growing up, I didn't know any arsonists, but um, it was a trend, at least in middle school and early high school for me, so that's going to be like two thousand to 2007 like kids were really obsessed with being considered like a pyro like a pyromaniac Mm -hmm. kind of a thing I don't know why that was a trend trend to be a pyromaniac this sounds weird but yes kids at the I mean I'm sure anybody who's listened to all of our episodes who've heard all of the weird shit that happened to me and the kids around me in middle school (laughs) This kid, there's something wrong with that area. I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with the water, but something fucking... <laughs> Definitely
1: up. something wrong with water. I only drink bottled, so
0: I'm oh. fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you turned out so normal. <laughs> and I just remember kids would bring lighters to school and like act, and just light random stuff on fire. A big thing, which is actually really fucking dangerous. And This is another dangerous way, you know, to use axe outside of the axe bombs I talked about in previous episodes. It's really fucking flammable. Um, And if you light it, that shit goes fucking everywhere. Attempting to start chemical fires. It was really bizarre. But it wasn't their intention. They're just like, I'm going to look cool. Yeah. And I remember, like, and this was also like a weird thing. I remember kind of happening with some of the kids I knew in high school. There was this girl I knew. I'll never forget this. For as long as I fucking live. There's this girl in particular who just, her whole thing was that she just really needed everyone to know she's super weird. Okay. Like, I'm quirky. Kind of a thing. I'm not like other girls. (laughs) Right. So she would do stuff like, I'm going to put myself in a trash can, and I'm going to do random stuff and, like, cause mayhem in classes because I need everyone to know that I'm weird. Kind of. uh, Cause mayhem? I'll get to it. She decided that she also was super into fire and a pyro, and she would, like, randomly light, like, textbooks on fire. Oh, that's
1: not good.
0: Yeah, come on, those are really expensive. (laughs) They are really expensive. But she she was lighting the corner. She was sitting in the back, and she was lighting the corners of this textbook on fire, and like putting it out and lighting it. And one page caught too quickly, too fast, to the point where you could smell the smoke. And she just like threw it on the ground and like stomped all over it. And then she got. Then she put her body on the ground and started rolling around. Oh boy,
1: she was just rolling. Did she, so she caught herself on fire. So
0: no, no, no. This is after the fire was already put out. She was just rolling around the floor, and people were like, "Why?" Oh. Are, and people were like, "Why are you rolling around the floor?" Because a girl in the front of the class goes, "Does anyone smell smoke? What's happening? Like, what is the smell?" And like everyone turns around, and just sees her rolling on the floor, and they're like, "Dude, what are you doing?" And she's just like, "I'm stop dropping and rolling."
1: Okay. I mean, was she on fire because
0: she was not on fire she was just like there was a fire that she caused with a
1: textbook and then after putting it out she stopped jumped, and rolled so it's more like a hail mary than anything else it's like now this is how you were forgiven for your fire
0: sin (laughs) like she I, i I felt really bad for that that teacher she also one time like is this is a, a strange things but She also one time insisted on writing an entire paper on a cake. Oh. And the teacher was just like... That's wholesome. Why? And she's just like, whoa, it's a cake. And the teacher was like, why are you trying to write a paper, like like an icing on a cake? And the teacher was like, I just feel like that would be really difficult to grade. I mean, that
1: sounds really... (laughs) It's really... Unique.
0: Yeah. And she's just like, no, it'll be fine. Like, it'll be great. And then we can all eat the cake when you're done grading it. And the teacher was just so confused. She was like, I just... I just feel like I gotta I, say no. Okay, I
1: do really wanna know this person though. So, so off gonna, topic arson stuff.
0: Off, yeah, I just wanted to bring up the weird <laughs> the fact that she set a textbook on fire in class and then rolled on the floor. is just my main takeaway I wanted from this. Yeah. I did not know this and I feel super dumb. I did not know that David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, was an arsonist. Not only was he an arsonist, wait, he started this? a bej. Baju- okay, so son of Sam, he's a serial killer
1: from the '70s. So he's part of the classics. Okay, okay, he's part of the classic serial killers. Yeah, I'm sure because it sounds familiar, but I probably just haven't heard it in a while. For
0: a while, like he terrorized New York, and it was very obvious that he was targeting women with long brown hair to the point where there was a spike in women cutting their hair and
1: dyeing it blonde, <laughs> or just not going outside. Yeah. And it was a whole, a whole big thing. That would be my first go-to. would be like, all right, we're done with this. Not that attached to my hair. So was he the son of someone named Sam? No. No, and we will get to that.
0: Okay. I'm trying to figure out where to start. I'm just going to start from the beginning because we're just going to talk about David Berkowitz and how he became the son of Sam and also how the fact that I didn't know he was a fucking arsonist. He wasn't just an arsonist. He started like a, like a billion fires. But the part that everyone remembers is being a serial killer But the arsonry is actually what got him caught as a serial killer. This is... This is the thing. It is like... But he didn't kill people
1: with fire. He shot them with a gun. But that's the thing is like, I don't know what it is, but there's... It's something about like chaos just going hand in hand where like, it's just not enough, it's not enough, and not enough. Gotta kill someone.
0: I guess we'll mention he was traumatized by the death of his adoptive mother who died from cancer in 1967. He's just kind of been a loner his whole life and always been like, it's me, it's the world. Oh, I'm a unattractive ma- white man and I just wish people understood and liked me or something. I don't know. That's the vibe I get. But in 1971 he joined the army and served for three years where he distinguished himself as a talented marksman. Like no one else was like a talented marksman. He was like, I'm, like, I'm the greatest I'm a talented the marksman. In 1974 he returned to New York and worked as a security guard. So I'm seeing some parallels here.
1: Um, okay. <laughs> Wait, are they the same fucking person? No, no, no. Your guy was what in the eighties? Yes, this is the seventies. Okay, role model.
0: Oh yeah, he was like Son of Sam. That guy's great, but his mental condition began to just severely deteriorate in nineteen seventy five. Um, that's basically when he started going kind of nuts. So and people were like, we really don't understand you and what you're going through, and we're just gonna avoid you because you're just kind of a, you're all over the place. Right? You're a scary person. And you're scary because we don't understand you. And this is way before, like, mental health, anyone cared about it.
1: Mm-hmm. But he
0: actually was later diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, okay. is kind of the deal. Because the reason why he killed people is insane. But feeling isolated from the world is right when he started having, like, I guess, schizophrenic break. Because usually dudes have those later in life than girls. You, girls usually have them, like, right after puberty if you're schizophrenic. But for men, it'll be, like, when you're an adult.
1: Oh well, that's yeah, so, that's lovely. Yeah, so
0: men who, ha- who are schizophrenic, like, sometimes won't – none of it will hit you. You could beat 50 and it'll hit you all of a sudden or in your mid-20s or whatever. Mm. Um, so he, start- he became an arsonist and set hundreds – hundreds of fires in New York City and was never arrested for it. Never caught, never suspected. Okay, that's
1: that's what I was going to ask. Like, he wasn't arrested because nobody figured it out. No
0: one could figure it out, right? No one figured out who was causing this because I guess arson just wasn't a popular crime in New York City.
1: 1,400. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And so many fires. 1,400. So you don't really
0: ever, whenever you look him up, you just see all the stuff about the serial killing. You don't see anything. Like, the arson is, like, slightly mentioned. (sighs) That's crazy, because, you know, it's,
1: you know, it makes sense why serial killing would overrule the arson part of it. But But to be left out entirely. But
0: the thing is that like they don't even like they didn't even get a count of how many people died from those fires because it took so long before they were able to connect them. He probably did actively kill a lot of people. Oh I'm sure. I mean in New York City everything's so fucking close together.
1: Yeah setting a fire anywhere in New York City is bound to have injuries. He
0: also grew up as a bully like he was the bully at his school. Like he wasn't the one being bullied. So he just had like a slew of just issues of his. He's him just thinking, like, I'm the
1: worst and I know it, and I'm gonna continue to be the worst, except except, except, <laughs> except at marksmanship. I am the best I marksman am the best in the, best the
0: world. <laughs> no, his his thing was that he just was like, it's me against the world. Everyone probably already hates me, so I'm probably gonna like I assume this. Like, I know he very much has this me against the world, like, mentality, but I think this is a mentality he just ingrained in himself for a very long time, so he's like, I'm going to be mean to kids before they're able to be mean to me. Maybe. Kind of like in 30 Rock where Liz Lemon finds out that she wasn't actually bullied.
1: Yeah, she was actually the mean kid. She was she actually was just... the
0: bully because she assumed everyone was being mean to
1: her when they weren't. Oh, sweet Liz Lemon. Oh, it's, it's weird to grow up as an adult and then, like, slowly identify with Liz Lemon. Oh, no. I know. I don't. No. There's, <laughs> definitely, there's definitely days where I'm just like, oh my God. Or we were watching 30 Rock and I was like, this is something that I know I told myself I wouldn't do when I was watching the show the first time and I definitely do it
0: now. Oh no. <laughs> the blonde woman.
1: Oh God. Uh, Fuck. I hated her. Um, she's great. Okay, okay. No, this is going to bother me. I no way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Give me a second. Jenna Maroney. Jenna. It didn't even load yet. Fucking Maroney. Yes.
0: I think she's great. I think she's great. Oh my god. That actually makes so much sense. Yeah, no, my whole thing was like, I just want attention. I want get attention? Back to serial killers. And so arson. he also, so David Berkowitz also kept detailed diaries of his
1: arson. So, <laughs> all right. So, this is where I have to be like, are all arsonists the same, or, or are these two in particular just best friends who never met? Somehow, yeah, like they're soulmates. Yeah, they are each other's soulmate, and they didn't find each other in time. And I mean, thank God for that, because can you imagine?
0: But um, he said that he started fires in order to get a sense of like control kind of a thing because he was just so convinced that everyone was out to get him. Mm. And I kind of want to go into his other crimes just because, God, his story is so interesting to then tell you how arson is how he got caught. Anyways, uh, so right around the time he became an arsonist is when he started hearing demons uh, tormenting him in his head. Okay, when was this? Uh, 1975. When he's how old? Okay, in 1977, he was 24. Okay. So in 1975, he would have been 22. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. On um, Christmas Eve of 1975 is when he finally gave in to these demon voices like tormenting him and telling him what to do and stuff that You could have been the boss of those demons and how badass
1: would you would have would you have felt? Right? Oh my god. Like gosh. you'd be like, "Uh bitches, I'm cooler than you."
0: Like mm-hmm. I feel like a big difference of David Berkowitz. Well, too no that's a lie on some level. I feel like he too was a narcissist cuz he kept diaries of his crimes. Like, detailed diaries of his crimes, mostly the arson, as well as wrote letters to the fucking police station. So, uh, boy. He really wanted to get caught. Hey, yeah, yeah, I guess. So, um, he attempted to murder Michelle Foreman, who was a 15-year-old girl, long brown hair, uh, with a hunting knife. He no! Severely, he uh, se- she didn't die. He just okay. severely wounded her. It was an attempted oh. murder, but she lived. And that was his first known attack.
1: Oh well, that's awful.
0: Um so a month later in ni- January of 1976 he moved into a two family home in Yonkers. Yonkers. Which is a suburb of New York. <laughs> so Yonkers, New York. Just... Why does this sound like something I've heard in Scooby Doo? Uh, I prob- I don't know. I just feel like it's something Yonkers. Rocker Ronkers. <laughs> shag- raggy. Yeah, exactly. That was really bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> My brother does a very good Scooby impersonation, and he used to try to get me to do it because he can do the Scooby laugh. (laughs) But every time I do, I sound like a horse. Really? God, it's sad. Okay, sorry. This is when he became convinced that convinced. He became convinced that the he dogs... Convinced.
1: He became Vince Fawn. Is that what I said? That's what you said. <laughs> I, mean, I was laughing when I said that. <laughs> he became convinced. <laughs> he bent so hard. I didn't fucking
0: say I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he became convinced that the dogs around him were telling him to commit murder. The dogs
1: around him. Yes. Okay.
0: They're all... So like, so woof, woof. Yes, well, there's a speci- specific German shepherd that lived in the house. I was
1: wondering why there was a German shepherd on your...
0: That's side. actually just a sponsored ad. Well, that's Probably because they paid to pay
1: The demons told me to commit murder. Picture of an adorable hellhound. Just really. No, pretty, no literally, this is
0: unfortunate. It's one of those ads that picks, picks up, like, it's set to pick up keywords from articles to place the ad there. Yeah. And it just, it was very They're really just like, German Shepherd, great, got it. you gonna put it right here. It literally says, Berkowitz became convinced that the German Shepherd that lived in the house and the other neighborhood dogs. Were possessed by demons who ordered him to murder attractive young women, which I guess to him attractive young women were specifically women with long brown hair. Yeah. Um, one of the neighborhood, and to
1: dogs apparently.
0: One of the neighborhood dogs was actually shot during this time, <gasps> probably by Berkowitz. No one really knew. Oh. And then he starts to see his neighbors as demons. And then there's this ad for a ger- <laughs> shepherd. It says, "How dogs cry for help. Three warning signs your dog is crying for help." <laughs> it's, oh just boy. Really sad. it's just really sad that's right there so in april of 1976 berkowitz moved in an apartment house in yonkers so he just moved to a different place in yonkers but his new home also had dogs and this is where his neighbor retiree so he's this old guy named sam carr who had a black labrador retriever. god i cannot fucking speak no you had it black labrador retriever you did. not never do it. I never do it. Never do it. Never do it, You
1: have to say it
0: real quick. Oh, Jimmy's mom. <laughs> what what <the laughs> hell? I accidentally sound like Carl. You're you going to finish that course huh? song? <laughs> <Is laughs> did you not watch Jimmy Neutron?
1: <laughs> I don't know why. It's Carl a fair, Weezer. I was really oh. wondering what Carl you were talking oh, yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> My brain was Jimmy's just like. Man. Oh no! You should not have let
0: me drink whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Oh my god, Jimmy's mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. So the black Labrador retriever. Mm. I can't fucking do this. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> the <laughs> Name's Harvey. Uh.
1: Oh okay. So Samuel, his neighbor. So Sam
0: Carr. Sam is is David Berkowitz's neighbor, okay. and he's an old man. He's retired, old right. man retired with a really pretty with a black, black Labrador. Labrador retriever. His name is Harvey. Unrelated, but I just needed y'all to know that's the dog's name. And Berkowitz believed that this dog begged him, pleaded with him to kill like he's like this dog in particular please 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 Harvey the dog was like I need you to fucking kill everyone he's like and he's, like, and he's like no no I can't that's evil I could never I could never do that and the dog is like
1: nah, dude no my human named me Harvey and I must have revenge
0: yeah and so then he also starts seeing Sam Carr the owner of the dog as a powerful demon and was referring to him when he later calls himself son of Sam Oh so uh um, so son of a demon. Right. So that's April. So July that year, Berkwoods quit his job as a security guard. He's like, I'm done. Early the next morning, he walked up to a parked car in the Bronx where two young women were talking and fired five bullets from his forty-four revolver into the vehicle. Eighteen mm. year old Donna Loria was killed instantly and her friend Jody Valenti was wounded but survived.
1: Why is it always gotta be women?
0: Because that's what the demon dogs were telling him to kill. Uh, well, I know, but it seems like probably because he grew up as the school fucking bully and convinced everyone hated him, but was still like a horny man who was just mad women didn't want to fuck him. I don't know, oh, man.
1: These men gotta get over their genitalia bullshit. It's it's really bizarre. There is how somewhere. Much. Somewhere there is a woman that will fuck you. I promise. You could, you could just go to a fucking sex worker. Like, you'll be fine. I mean, that too. But, I mean, even if you're looking for love, there's somebody for everybody. I guarantee you she's there.
0: Yeah, you're just not. You're looking you're for. You're just,
1: you gave up way too fast. You were looking
0: for love in all the wrong places. You're young. Mm-hmm. You were only 22. And even then, the answer is not to kill. Don't kill. No, not kill. Don't do that. It's the, it's the worst solution. So, if uh,
1: anything, it gets you laid less. It
0: gets, yes, much less. So, uh, well, oh, fucking depending on the god name. Oh, kill her. yeah. Yeah, actually. Jesus. Motherfucker. That so, <laughs> so obviously, police could find no motives because there fucking were none. So, uh, October, three months later is when he, you know, killed again. Uh, well, or attempted to kill again. He's really bad at actually killing, which is really fortunate for all the victims. Thank God. Thank God he was really bad at killing because woof. So he critically wounded. Oh, this time it was a dude. Thank goodness. I mean, not thank goodness, but like... Oh, he was aiming for the girl, though. Oh. So he critically wounded 20-year-old Carl DeNaro, who was sitting in a car talking with a female friend in Queens. The next month, November 26, um, is when 16-year-old Donna DeMassi... Wow, he just happened to go after Donnas. And 18-year-old Joanne uh, Lamino were shot and seriously wounded on the street on their way home from a movie. So they also didn't die. Good, good. we're glad, we're glad. Sorry, I read all this and then forgot it. So that's where we're at.
1: Yeah, not seeing where <laughs> the serial thing, serial killer part comes into play yet, but... He does kill people. Yeah, it seems like he might have just a lot of intento. really bad about it at, really bad at it at first.
0: So on January 30th, 1977, Berkowitz fatally shot. He killed Christine uh, Friend as she sat in a car in Queens with her fiancé. Police began to suspect that these crimes were perpetrated by a single killer. Oh my god.
1: It took a whole year. I you know, sometimes <laughs> it takes them longer. But a few bullets Like look at the Golden State killer. True. It took them he's it took them a long, long, like, long time. I think he's in his seventies or something now and he'd been doing it since he was like 20 or 30 yeah yeah he's been, he'd been on a spree for like 60 years
0: then March of that year is when he killed 19 year old Virginia as she was walking home in Manhattan bullet was found intact, and it matched a bullet found at the scene of Berkowitz's first murder. So that's when they were able to link the bullets and be like, oh, these might be the same. One of these things is just like the other. Exactly. So the New York police announced that a serial killer was on the loose, known to be a white male in his 20s, because the survivors were able to give a description of what he looked like. Um, And they were like, he's in his mid-20s, black hair, and of uh, average height and build, meaning he's a little husky. So, um, <clears throat> is that what that means? I mean, have you seen photos of him?
1: <laughs> I mean, he's, I would not describe him as average. I would definitely describe him as husky. He's a, he's a husky
0: boy. He's a husky. He's not like not a fat con-
1: boy. He's not
0: a fat boy. He's just got like, he's a little more, huh.
1: Yeah. Like. He's, he's husky, but not to be confused with the dog that told him to kill. <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused <laughs> the demon dogs <laughs> controlling
0: him clearly. Um. So, then, a large group of detectives was organized, it was the Omega Task Force, to track down the killer. In April is when 18-year-old Valentina Sirianni and 20-year-old Alexander Isao. I feel like he was going after, like, a lot of Italians. Um, Maybe it was just the area that he was
1: in. (laughs) In New York? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely Italians in New York.
0: Oh, yeah. All over the place. For sure, for sure. I mean, my... Italian grandmothers from yeah. the Bronx.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, there's certain areas where it's just, like, when you're Italian and you're all about the communal Italian and you're very Italian no. and you love Italian people, then they're just... It, he's probably Italian. Am I right? Berkowitz? Oh, no, he's he's
0: adopted, so his last name is not telling. Of, I think he looks kind of Jewish.
1: He looks very Jewish he and looks, his last name is very Jewish.
0: His last name is very Polish. Oh, there's Jews in Poland. I forgot that was a whole part of the holocaust was yeah okay yeah no you're fine you're right you're right there's a lot of jews with polish last names (gasps) oh they were kissing oh no so they just didn't even see him come up that's so (gasps) sad oh that makes me so sad near the hudson river parkway this time he left a note at the scene of the crime he signed it son of sam and so late april he shot the labrador retriever that he believed was possessed and telling him to do this the
1: labrador retriever
0: Mm-hmm. Henry, no. And then he sent Sam Carr, the owner of the lab, uh, a threatening letter. But why? I thought they were friends. Concerning the animal. No, he never said they were friends. He's just his neighbor. But um, he said son of Sam. I assumed they were buddies if he says he's his son. Um. So I think. Oh, a demon thing. I, I think his delusion was. I think he wrote things as Son of Sam so he could not take responsibility for his actions. He was like, it wasn't me. It was the demon controlling me that is like the son of Sam, like this persona and person was birthed due to this demon that lives next door to me and his dog. Ugh. So he sent a threatening letter to Mr. Carr concerning the animal and then shot the animal. Um, but then his dog recovered. He lived. Because this guy is really bad at killing people. And dogs, apparently. Thank goodness. Yeah. And the Yonkers, sorry, Yonkers police began an investigation finally after years. So, uh, meanwhile, Berkowitz began sending letters to other neighbors and his former landlords. These individuals began to immediately suspect Berkowitz to be the son of Sam and reported all of their suspicions to the local police. And the police were just like, nah. Yeah. And the Omega Task Force- Yeah, and I just realized I got him confused with the Zodiac Killer. He did not send the letters to the police force that was the Zodiac Killer. Who did that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was going to say that's very, like, way to steal a calling card. Yeah,
0: no, he just sent it to his neighbor, so I take that back. Sorry, my memory is not as great as it once was. was. So the Omega Task Force was subsequently notified but the detectives had received thousands of reports of Senna Sam suspects and were having a difficult time sifting through all the dead-end leads because um, there's no, there's no motive. It's just blind nonsense. <sighs> I mean, how do you make sense of it? It's... The only thing they could link was that, well, these women who are dying, not even the men that they're with, all have long brown hair. Um, so on June 26th, Son of Sam struck again, wounding Judy Placido and Sal Lupo. He really went after couples. I think he was just really mad he wasn't getting laid. It's, that's uh, what it
1: sounds like.
0: Like, he's mad that these people were getting it on. He wasn't. Um, as they sat in their car after leaving a Queens disco, public concern over the rampaging serial killer grew to panic proportions and New York nightclubs and restaurants just saw a dramatic drop in business. That's when women started cutting their hair and dyeing it and a blistering heat wave and a 25 hour blackout in mid July only increased the tension of people thinking like, oh, it's related to this somehow. People were just going nuts over it. Mm hmm. And so on July 31st of 1977, he shot a young couple kissing in a parked car in Brooklyn.
1: That sucks.
0: So 20-year-old Stacey Maskowitz was fatally wounded, and her boyfriend Bobby lost his left eye, but they survived.
1: I hope they got married and had beautiful children and a wonderful life.
0: I hope so, too, honestly. And they adopted a dog. And he lived very happy, too. And was never shot. (laughs) It was never shot. So a few days later after that, a major break in the case came when an eyewitness came forward to report that she had seen a man with what looked like a gun minutes before the shots were fired in Brooklyn. Her information led to the first police sketch of David Berkowitz. More important, she reminded investigators that two police officers had been writing parking tickets on her street that night. A search of tickets issued eventually turned up Brickwood's car. And I also want to mention this. So the fire department and police were also investigating the arsons. Having no idea that they were connected in any fucking way. Because he, he was still lighting places on here's fire. the He thing. was still lighting buildings on fire.
1: He's either really, really good at covering his tracks or the police are not that good great at connecting dots or there just aren't dots to follow like in my mind i obviously don't understand the mind of a a cop or a serial killer so then anything's possible so finally the yonkers
0: police investigated berkowitz after he escalated a harassment campaign against one of his neighbors convinced that he was the son of sam they informed the omega task force of their findings the omega detectives finally put two and two together together And he was arrested. Okay, so what was this thing that escalated? Well, we're going to hop into the other article that says what the fuck happened. Because history.com just didn't want to give us that info, I fucking guess. They're
1: probably just like, this is way too much for a podcast. This
0: is a (laughs) lot. They're like, this is a lot. So, officials were not looking for Berkowitz for his fire-starting habits. They were too busy searching for Son of Sam. But a few days, so a few days prior to his arrest, Berkowitz started a fire outside of his neighbor, Craig Glassman's door. So, he had another issue with his neighbor, Craig Glassman. Him and
1: neighbors just are...
0: He's convinced them and their dogs are possessed and telling him to kill people. Like, he's got beef. So, um... He's got beef. He's got he's, demon beef. He's got demon beef. He started a fire outside of his neighbor, Craig Glassman's door, and then the son of Sam Berkowitz wrote in a letter that Glassman belonged to a cult, and this cult made Berkowitz kill six people and injure seven others. I'm sorry, repeat that? Okay, so the son of Sam had wrote in a letter that Glassman belonged to a cult.
1: His neighbor. His, his neighbor Glassman. Glassman
0: belonged to a cult. Okay, alright. The cult made Berkowitz kill six people and injure seven others which which but I,
1: this is a cult that he's not a part of
0: it's not a real cult they, doesn't exist he made it's it up. not
1: a real cult but i'm just trying to understand his thought process a cult that he doesn't belong to forced him to do something yes but it's also a cult that doesn't exist
0: yes and he's also saying that dogs possessed by demons also <sighs> tell told him to kill people okay there's a lot there's a lot happening with this guy okay He started a fire, but he placed bullets near the door in hopes that the bullets would catch on fire and cause an explosion and blow up his neighbor's home. Okay. However, the fire did not burn hot enough to ignite the ammo because he didn't take fire science.
1: Yeah, he doesn't know how fire science works. He doesn't know how
0: fire science Uh
1: works. what quickly out of curiosity i gotta see how many fires this fucking or around 2000
0: so he so he beats berkowitz by a couple hundred so the fire no one died the fire was put out everything was good the ammo did not light and he's not a fire scientist glassman immediately was like yeah so i think berkowitz did this because he's fucking weird and he gave the police the threatening notes that Berkowitz had sent him because they were like, he's not fucking sneaky, my guy. Like, you're sending only your neighbor's notes that are notes being left by a serial killer calling themselves by the same name. He literally signed them, Son of Sam. He signed them. Are you serious? I'm dead ass. Dead ass serious. Oh my
1: God. He wanted to get caught so bad. Yeah. Um, I, so, I refuse to believe that he's a stupid person. I mean, maybe, but, like, delusional n- all at best. De- I, or he just legitimately thought he would never get caught. There's a
0: cockiness that comes to killers. There's I don't de- know. There's,
1: that's, that's definitely it. But it also could be the same, like, um, like idea behind the John Orr case where he's just like, I'm not getting my credit. I want my credit here. Maybe. I'm going to sign my name, so you will give me credit for the things that I'm doing.
0: Um, so, based on the notes and the eyewitness description of Berkowitz, the police arrested him due to that. And that's how they were able to get to him. Was like he tried to set his neighbor's house on fire because he had set so many places on fire successfully. You'd think he'd know the bullets wouldn't catch on fire, yeah. but I don't know. He
1: was testing. And then and he the just technique. immediately
0: admitted to the six murders. He just. He was um, yeah, because he wanted his credit.
1: Right, he wanted his credit, or he wanted to get caught, and I don't know which it is, but it's one of the two.
0: So, um, I'm convinced. Oop. Oop. so yeah, so the arson is what started his crime career, and then the arson is what ended his crime career. Yeah, he's super excitedly. He gleefully admitted to being the son of Sam. He was so excited to admit like, that he told, was son of Sam.
1: Let me tell you um, all the things that I've done.
0: Yeah, and on his person, when he was arrested, he had a semi-automatic rifle on him, and he explained that he was on his way to commit another murder. What the- and um, they took the, you know, they also they took the revolver from him and the <laughs> the rifle. And then they were really concerned. They were like, "We are not sure he can actually—he's actually mentally fit to stand trial." Yeah. But on May eighth, nineteen seventy-eight, um, half a year later, he withdrew an insanity defense and pleaded guilty to six murders. So he went for like, "I'm insane. I'm insane. Like, I have schizophrenia." And then they were like, "No." He's like, "No, I just—I'm just guilty. Like, cool." So that's what, part of what makes his whole case so confusing is like so much just isn't, doesn't say the same. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, this cult made me do this, but also these dogs and my neighbor's demon and they convinced me to do it too.
1: He legitimately has schizophrenia though, right?
0: He was diagnosed with it. That doesn't necessarily mean you have it, especially in the '70s. Yeah. I don't. I can't really trust the diagnosis, to be completely honest. So he really enjoyed the media attention his case was receiving, and he proceeded to sell his exclusive story rights to a publishing house because he wrote down all of his crimes and all of the arson and everything. He's like, "Here's so, my diary entries." All the murder, yeah. And so then that prompted New York State to adopt the first in a nationwide series of so-called Son of Sam laws that take the proceeds a criminal earns from selling a story and gives them to victims' compensation fund. Mm. They not only said that criminals are not allowed to earn money at all anymore, um, but then immediately take that money and put it towards, like, the victims' compensation fund. Okay. That makes sense. So they allowed him to make the money, but took it immediately to benefit the victims.
1: Cool. I don't have a problem with that.
0: He was given 25 years to life sentences for the crime, which was the maximum penalty allowed at the time. How many years? 25 years to life, meaning that at 25 years he'll be up for parole, but probably resentenced another 25.
1: Yeah. Um, Unless somebody's like, no, he's totally cool, which no way. In
0: most states, life... Is like 28 years. Yeah. Like, it's not actually life-life. We call it that, but it's not. Um, It's more like
1: the possibility of life.
0: Right. It's like, you're probably going to be in here for life. Uh, For some reason, we've just decided 25 is mean enough.
1: Is he still alive?
0: He actually wouldn't be that old.
1: Oh, nope, he's alive. 67. So now
0: that we know his whole story, I kind of wanted to touch back on F. his Pete. arsonry. Okay. Well, um, so he also was a volunteer fireman in the Bronx, but he only, he only volunteered like one time and is believed to have set about 2,000 fires. Based off of his diaries, they're saying it's 1,400, but they think it might have been more than that. And majority of the fires were set in the Bronx, just in that borough. And he continued to do this while he was uh, committing the murders and attempted murders throughout New York. So there's two different crimes happening at the same time that just nobody was connecting together. District Attorney Mario Marola stunned spectators in Supreme Court in Brooklyn when he interrupted proceedings in the 44 caliber killer case to announce... That the man, who yesterday admitted to being the son of Sam Slayer, might also have been the Phantom of the Bronx. So this, he had two different nicknames. And guess what? They were brush fires, majority. So he also burned abandoned cars and buildings. David Berkowitz is not only the son of Sam. He is also the Phantom of Bronx. Or Phantom of the Bronx. Like Phantom of the Opera. And it's all recorded in his diaries, kept in his apartment. Um, there's a record of blazes that note times, locations, weather conditions, and fire box numbers. Weather conditions? Yeah, in case, like, it rained or something. Something that would keep the fire from going. Or, like, if it was really hot and dry, like, it would set, you know, it'd be a harder, like, a harsher fire. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if there's a lot of wind, it'll pick up the fire. Because, yeah. um So he recorded this, yeah. Yeah, so he recorded all, like, the weather conditions, everything. Um, somewhere near the spots where he would kill his victims. Like, he'd set a fire and then go, like, down the street and then shoot somebody. Wow. And they just weren't connecting so the it was, like the his foreplay. Yeah, basically. Jesus. The investigator said that while there had not been time to check all the diary entries, which list 1,411 fires, that spots check revealed that many of the blazes like actually occurred they were like is he making this up like we know he wrote about it and they went back they're like we're just gonna
1: spot check these
0: yeah and so spot checks like revealed that like almost all of them that they saw and like went back and checked were real they were real fires like he did them but then they were like but maybe he couldn't have set all of them himself maybe that's giving him too much credit maybe he just picked them up on the fire scanner radio receiver which he had in his car, so he would listen to them, like, figure out the fire was happening, go to the fire. Like, he heard the whole thing. Like, he would also, like, like listen in on them putting the fire out and all that stuff and learning about the damage later. I'm seeing a lot of,
1: you know, mm-hmm. uh, similarities.
0: So, at the time of his arrest, everything was such chaos and mayhem because, you know, he was obviously being tried as a serial killer. That they were like, wait, but we gotta add this arsonry too. but I guess we've decided the arsonry like, isn't as important for some fucking reason, because... I guess because it, it didn't kill people? It did. They just didn't really have a lot of time to determine, like, whether any of the fires had been fatal ones at the time that they were charging him. Okay. It was like too much had happened for them to be like, wait, just we just need like, to we go uh, back and figure this out. Yeah. One log sheet in Mr. Berkowitz's notebook showed 11 entries in a single day for fires in different parts of the Bronx. Um, Wait, how many? 11 entries uh, for fires. Mm-hmm. Another shows a fire in the Bronx at 10.30 p.m. on April 16th, and then five hours later, he murdered Valentina Cerini. Um, July 3rd, his, his diary showed two fires only half hour apart from each other on the corner of Bayshore Parkway and Bay 13th Street in Bensonhurst, and then nearby is the spot where Stacy Moskowitz was shot. So there's just, like, a lot of evidence, like, pointing towards him being Phantom of the Bronx, which is the dumbest nickname. I thought Son of Sam was weird, but Phantom of the
1: Bronx, oh, my God. You cannot, like, because the Phantom of the Opera is somewhat sexy. You can't call anybody the Phantom of something. Unless it's kind of in a good Kind of sexy. Yeah, unless it's kind of <laughs> sexy. And there's nothing sexy about killing people and setting fires. I'm
0: sorry. The Phantom frequently phoned the fire department about arson fires and identified himself by that name. He, he named himself that because he would phone the fire department and be like, hey, there's this fire, the Phantom of the Bronx. Hey, the God. Phantom <laughs> Senses <are> of
1: <gods. laughs> the <Just Phantom>. Gods. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm the Phantom of the Bronx, bar <laughs> XOXO phantom bronx or bronxon yeah
0: so mr marola said that he had not revealed the possible fire connection before because he was concerned about destroying the careful mechanism that had been worked out to accommodate mr berkowitz's guilty pleas they're worried somehow the two cases would i don't know fuck with each other fuck with each other yeah and we didn't want to upset the possibility of him taking those pleas to admitting that he had killed six people because it's just kind of like at that point, well, they put him away and the fire stopped. Like, cool, good, He's in yay. We don't need to add all. Good this. job, guys. We don't want to add all this extra stuff to the case because we don't want him to be like, oh, but I'm not guilty to that, and like start this whole other thing. Yeah. So he was
1: like. Like, so, Let's not put this off. So let's I just... think that's
0: why when when we hear about David Berkowitz and Son of Sam, we don't hear about the two thousand fucking fires he started is because it wasn't part of his trial. Yeah, just the murders were, and the burners is what he was convicted for. But he has notebooks and just diaries just about his obsession with like, fire as well. Fire. So David Berkowitz, Son of Sam, I had no fucking clue was a serial arsonist as well as a serial killer. They don't have a body count for the arsonists because they didn't do a full investigation. Mm. They they made the connection, and the fire department and the police officers were like, "Well, I guess we know that." Close we'll that out. book. Close it. Yay, book. Us. They're like, "We we did it. We're Good just, job team." He's already he's already gonna go to prison for life for murdering people? We'll just let this go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> there's going? so but you're right. There's a lot of uh similarities. similarities like the diaries and him like like he he did one time volunteer, but he only did the one time. Yeah. And they found that on file where they're like, "Oh, he like actively volunteered." I wonder if one followed
1: the other. I genuinely think that would be because they were around the same age.
0: Right, but David was arrested and sentenced to life in prison in 1977. Didn't you say your guy was caught in
1: 1987. Oh yeah, but they're like the same age. Yeah, so but, I guess he was older. I know my dude was just older. So maybe, maybe he
0: maybe he didn't join the military till he was like thirty. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely an older. I mean, he was older by. So you probably was, just started okay, his fires. If later your in guy life. was 71. If John Orr was 71 and David Berkowitz is 67, 67, that means they are four years apart? Yeah. Yeah, they were four years apart because I can do math. What's up, guys? 1977, if David Berkowitz was 24, that means John Orr was 28 in 1977. So that means he actually didn't do a lot of what he did until his 30s.
1: Yeah, he did his later in life. When we he assumed he already had two dollars. He already had two dollars. He had do- two whole dollars. He had <laughs> two whole do- dollars. Now he had two daughters by the time that he was like trying to find a career for himself. So he did his later in life and just got caught later. Yeah. So they were around the same age, but John Moore got caught later and probably started later.
0: Yeah, I mean, just because he joined the military, we assumed it was right out of high school, but it might have actually been later. You can join whenever you want.
1: Yeah. There's some big differences between the two, and not the least of which is John Orr did not like the name Pillow Pyro. He was not a because fan because it sounds like a fucking Polly Pocket, <laughs> <way>. like that <laughs> toy. They're just like
0: hello pyro. Y'all need
1: to take me more seriously, goddamn.
0: Well, he didn't take he didn't take advice from David Berkowitz and make his own nickname. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's what he should have done if he wanted a cool name. You got to name yourself. But he also didn't get caught as fast, so maybe. Yeah, David, well David Berkowitz w- had a fucking psychotic break. He's, like, schizophrenic, maybe, apparently. I mean, just because you're schizophrenic doesn't mean you keep your story straight. Maybe he believed all the demons were in a cult. Maybe he believed all the people, all of his neighbors were part of a cult, and that's why they were possessed by demons. There's just, like, a maybe lot of everybody fucking everybody got demons. a demon dog with their sign-up. Everyone got a fucking de- demon dog when they joined the cult. Uh, I do want to look up, uh, read, maybe send us Sam, like, letters. They're ridiculous, and he re- oh, does yeah, all these symbols. Oh, his
1: handwriting isn't awful. No. He really wanted people to know what he was saying.
0: Yeah, like, I say goodbye and goodnight. Police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 bang. Ugh. Yours and Murder. Mr. Monster Mr. Monster no 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 no. yeah that was him he wrote that
1: so he signed himself as Mr. Monster and they're like no son of Sam
0: no he signed others as son of Sam that's weird
1: but the handwriting was the same the
0: sand. they, they matched the handwriting with that uh, okay that yeah they, they were able to connect the notes with handwriting um, so here's a son of Sam one P.S. JB, please inform all the detectives working the case that I wish them the best of luck. Keep them digging, drive on, think positive, get off your butts, knock on coffins, etc. Upon my capture, I promise to buy all the guys working on the case a new pair of shoes if I can get up the money. Son of Sam.
1: That's weird. That's a weird note to write.
0: It's just a lot of weird stuff. And then not knowing what the future holds... I shall say farewell and I will see you at the next job or should I say you will see my handiwork at the next job so he left these at the site of the murders for the police to pick up right um remember Miss Loria. thank you in their blood and from the gutter Sam's Sam's creation 44 which was the gun of 44 caliber here are some names to help you along forward them to the inspector for use by NCIC the Duke of Death, The Wicked King Wicker, The 22 Disciples of Hell, John Wheaties, Rapist and Stuff... What? Oh, Rapist and Suffocator of Young Girls. P.S. P.B. Please inform all the detectives working the slayings to remain. Like, it doesn't... Like, they're all... Don't fucking make sense. Like, they're all just crazy shit. He signed a lot of these at Sam's creation. Hmm. So, I'm trying to figure out how that evolved the son
1: of Sam. I mean, it looked like there was one that was son of Sam, but...
0: I think there was one. They were like this. There was one that was Son of Sam. It looks like he was switching it up. Like this one actively says Son of Sam. Yeah, and that's the one that stuck. But he signed them as like various stuff. Various
1: everything. He's like whatever you guys pick.
0: I love to hunt, prowling the streets, looking for fair game, tasty meat. The women of Queens are the prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hum. My life blood for Papa. Mr. Borelli, sir, I don't want to kill anymore. No, sir, no more. But I must honor thy father. I want to make love to the world. I want people I don't belong on earth return me to yahoos. Like, he's insane. To the people of Queens, I love you. And I want to wish all of you a happy Easter.
1: Oh my May God. God
0: bless you in this life and in the next and for now.
1: Okay, all right, yeah, crazy boy confirmed.
0: Yeah, he's just, and he keeps writing this, like, symbol. It looks like, um, it's a combination of, like, the symbol, like, the male symbol, the female symbol. The Christian cross. The Christian cross, an S for Sam, and just, like, a... A crisscross. X, a crisscross of arrows. Yeah, he's
1: all confused.
0: I think that's all we got on Arson. Yeah, that's all I got. I could bring up the story about how I burned all the skin off of my hand, but that was on a stove and not a fire, so I'm not going to bring up that. Yeah. <laughs> Another time. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been uh, not Angry Arsons, just um, Arousing arson.
1: Yeah, Aroused arson. Aroused Arsons. That's really what it is. Jesus. Keep it in your pants, guys. I know. he has been a huge question. And in your stoves and in your fireplaces. I know.
0: A lot of my story was just about how a man killed a bunch of people and attempted to kill people with a gun. But the arson. But then also arson. (laughs) But but then also arson. But the thing about it was that the story, in my opinion, is so interesting. And I had no idea Son of Sam was an arsonist that I just had to tell it. I feel like I told it in
1: the wrong order, probably. But it is what it is. I mean it was it was definitely covered by the arson category. There'd
0: so. be more details about it online if they had actually included it in the trial. Yeah. So thank you guys and keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Wow wow. Music by freestockmusic.com. For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash quote on the macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9pm Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.